Hey everyone, this is Matt and welcome to another Overflow Pod in our Reset series. And in our last pod, we started to look at three very practical choices that you can start to make every day to reset your mind and therefore reset your life because you have to reset your thoughts before we reset our behaviors because our behaviors come from our thoughts. So the first practical choice that we can make every day is to feed our mind with the best thoughts because if you fill up on junk thoughts or filler thoughts, it's not going to give you the energy and the strength you need to make the right decisions and choices. Now, here's the second daily choice that we have to make if we want our lives to change. So first, I feed my mind the right stuff, the best thoughts. Second, you got to choose every day to free your mind from destructive thoughts. I have to choose and don't make a mistake. This is a choice. I have to choose to free my mind from destructive choices. Romans chapter eight, verse five says those who are dominated by their sinful nature. That's the old nature, the old way of doing things, the way you used to, that you habitually trained yourself to act. Those who are dominated by their sinful nature, think about sinful things. It's what you think about. But the verse continues, those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, think about things that please the Spirit. Now, notice in that verse, he talks about being dominated and he talks about being controlled. You're either controlled by the devil, thoughts that he puts into your minds and you allow them, or you are controlled by God's thoughts, the spirit, what he puts in your mind. And here's the point. Your mind has to be liberated. Your mind needs to be delivered. It needs to be released. It needs to be set free because otherwise you're going to be dominated by all the wrong things, the wrong thoughts. Now, this isn't easy because there are three forces around you that battle in your mind against your good intentions, and none of those enemies gives up ground easy. You have to fight to free your mind. So what are the enemies that we fight against in our mind? Well, the first is our old nature. Now, our old nature is shown here in Romans 7.23, where Paul says, I see in my body a principle at war. I'm in the battle with the law of my mind taking captive to the law of sin that dwells inside of me. Or in other words, your old nature wants to think wrong thoughts. Somebody puts you down, you want to put them down. The truth is often you find yourself doing things that you don't really want to do. Have you ever knowingly engaged in self-defeating or self-destructing behavior? And you knew it was bad for you, but you still did it anyway. Why? Because your old nature is not your friend. It's a source of all your bad habits. And that's the first thing working against you is your old nature. Even if you're made new and have accepted Jesus as your savior and have the Holy Spirit inside of you, you have to realize that all those years of bad habits and doing the wrong things doesn't just poof and go away. That old nature sticks around and we have to deal with the consequences of it. We're in a battle in our mind. That's why change is so hard because we are literally fighting against ourselves, our bad habits, our past along with the other enemies. Second thing you're working against is Satan. He's the second enemy. As I said, he can't force you to do anything, but he can suggest it. And he's continually planting negative thoughts in your mind about that person, about yourself. From the moment you wake up, he starts suggesting thoughts in your mind. Go ahead. You deserve it. Get angry with that person. Write something mean to them. Get even. How dare they say that to you? And he puts all these 
negative thoughts in your mind, jealousy, anger, resentment, gossip, retaliation. You deserve better. You're better than them. Bitterness, all negative emotion. He is constantly feeding them to you. Second Corinthians 2.11 says this, talking about a guy he had forgiven. Paul says, I've forgiven that man so Satan won't outsmart us, for we're very familiar with his evil schemes. Interestingly, he says, I had to forgive that guy so Satan couldn't get a foothold in my mind. Now, did you know that anytime, listen, anytime you refuse to forgive anybody, you'll fall for Satan's trap. He just got a foothold in your mind. Any area of your mind that you're holding on to bitterness or you're holding on to resentment, jealousy, envy, you've already yielded that brain to him, that part of your brain. Forgiveness is more important than, than you can realize. If you don't forgive, you've fallen for his trap. So you got your old nature working against you. You got the devil working against you. And the third enemy in your mind is the world's value system, which is constantly promoted by advertisers and movies, TVs, music, celebrities, you name it. First John 2.16 says this, all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, it's not of the Father, it's of the world. Did you notice it says nothing around you encourages you to do the right thing? Nothing. All the stuff in the world is trying to get you to go the wrong way. Nothing encourages you to be disciplined. Nothing encourages you to be unselfish. So how do you fight that mental battle? Bible tells us 2 Corinthians 10, 3 to 5, though we live in the world, we don't wage war as the world does. He's talking about the mental battle. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of our world. Our weapons have divine power. To do what? To demolish strongholds. Our weapons demolish strongholds. That's a mental stronghold in your mind. We demolish any argument that's in your mind and any pretension that's in your mind that sets itself up against the knowledge of God that's in your mind. And we take captive every thought that's in your mind to make it obedient to Christ. (laughs) You get what I'm saying here? The whole passage is about mental warfare. Spiritual warfare is mental warfare. It's in your mind. The battle for sin is won or lost Not in your actions, but in your mind. The battle for your habits is won or lost in your mind. The battle for being like Christ is won or lost in your mind. Now, a stronghold, it says we tear down strongholds in our mind. What's that? Strongholds is a lie I believe. That's what a stronghold is. It's a lie I believe about myself, about other people. It could be about God. It can be a false value. It can be a world value. Hedonism, live for fun, live for pleasure materialism, live for money and for things, secularism, live for myself, make myself God. It could be a personal attitude. A stronghold could be worry. You could have a stronghold of worry in your life. You could have a stronghold of envy, resentment, or pride or self-will. All these are strongholds that we got to tear down. This is a mental battle. I want you to notice the two phrases in that Corinthians chapter 10, verse three to five passage. It says, first take captive. We take captive every thought. That means literally in the Greek, the original language this was written in, it means to conquer, bring under control, to capture. You're to bring under control. You're not just going to let your mind run and let it go anywhere you want to. You bring it under control. You make it obedient. That's the other word in Greek. It means bring it into submission. I don't just let my thoughts go anywhere they want to. I bring them into submission to the truth. So how do you do that? How do you make your mind mind you? That is a very important question. So I'll say it again. How do you make your mind mind you? Let me give you a personal confession here. My thoughts, they disobey me every single day. 
My thoughts in my mind often rebel against what I want. My mind sometimes has a mind of its own. <laughs> my thoughts go off in all kinds of directions, and I don't intend them to. But it, it happens. Does this happen to anybody else besides me? Am I the only one? <laughs> I'm sure I'm not. You don't always have control. That your mind just goes off in different directions. A lot of times when I, when I need to ponder a passage of Scripture, when I need to ponder, my thoughts start to wander. Some of yours are wandering right now. Like, man, is this pod ever going to be finished? <laughs> I used to be like that in messages after I hit a certain period. I'm like, oh my gosh, what is he talking about? Why won't he stop talking? And it's because my thoughts wander. And it could be because he's a bad speaker, but also because I'm a bad listener. And when I want to ponder the truth, my mind's, mind starts to wander away from this truth. And when I want my thoughts to pray, they just drift away. And I start thinking about other stuff, even in my prayer. Now, I'm sure that never happens to you, <laughs> probably, unless you're, you're probably more like me like that. But the reason most people are ineffective and defeated in life is because they don't know how to fight the battle of the brain, the war that's going on in your mind, spiritual warfare, mental warfare. I can tell you that even when I am writing this podcast out, I have Christian music blaring in the background so that when I stop thinking about what I'm writing, I'm filled with music about God. And it helps my wandering ADHD mind come back to what I'm doing because I think about crazy stuff. And when our mind wanders, that is when temptation comes in strong. So let me briefly touch on how temptation works. James 1.14 to 15 says, temptation comes from the lure of our own evil desires. It doesn't start out there. It starts inside. Temptation comes from the lure of in evil desires inside me. Those evil desires lead to evil action. Those evil actions lead to death. Temptation is a process. It's not simply an isolated act. It happens almost instantly in four steps. This could happen quickly. So I'm going to give you the four steps. Seriously, they could be like, boom, 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 and they already happened. You didn't even heard the fourth boom because it was so quick. Step one is desire. It begins inside of you, our own desires. And by the way, any temptation often begins with natural desires. You have a natural desire to eat. You have a natural desire to drink. You have a natural desire to sleep. You have a natural sex drive. These are all God-given. There's nothing wrong with them. But temptation turns a routine desire into a runaway desire. And all of a sudden, that is a desire becomes more important than other things. It's all you can think about. Listen, anytime you have a desire that's out of control, it is destructive. Look at fire. Fire can warm a home or it can burn it down. Water can quench a thirst or it can drown you. Any desire out of control is destructive. The desire isn't necessarily destructive. For instance, sexual desire, normal, healthy desire, but out of control, it'll destroy you like no other. Often temptation is an attempt to fulfill a legitimate desire in the wrong way or time. But it's like steel and a magnet. There's an inward pull. All temptation starts with the desire in you before it shows up outside. Step number two, after desire comes doubt. These could come instantly. This is where you begin to doubt God's word. You begin to doubt God's love. We could see this in the very first temptation when Satan goes to Eve and says, did God really say not to eat this fruit? And we can see this in temptation. Did God really say? Anytime you're wondering, well, I know the Bible says this, but did God really say this about food? Did God really say this about money? Did God really say this about me? 
Anytime you've already gone to the second step, which is doubt, you've moved from desire to doubt. Step three is deception. That's when you're lured and enticed away. That's a fishing term. So you got to have bait. You start believing a lie. Now, I don't like to fish because it's so boring. But one of the keys to fishing is you got to use the right bait. If you've ever gone fishing, have you ever caught a fish with a bear hook? No, it doesn't happen. But you catch fish with the right kind of bait. So what kind of bait does Satan use on you? He knows your weaknesses. He knows what will get you. He knows what will get your attention and move you from desire to doubt to deception. I call it deception because he always hides the hook. And sometimes you're in a temptation. You don't even know their hook's there. So, But you keep on nibbling like that fish. You keep nibbling. And you go, I'm an adult. I'm not going to get hurt. I know what I'm doing. I'll be careful. No, you're being deceived. You moved from desire to doubting God's word to deception. I'll be careful when you're nibbling on that hook. Temptation always looks better than it is. Casinos are filled with very fancy, attractive lights and signs. It's a giant lure in our world, and poor suckers get hooked and go blow all their money. You move from desire to doubt to deception, and this could happen in a microsecond in your brain. Finally, step four is disobedience and defeat. Now it's a sin. What began in the mind translates into action. What got your attention turns into attraction. Attraction becomes an attitude. Attitude becomes an action. Attraction isn't sin. Action is. Let me repeat myself. Attraction is not sin. Action is. It's when you move from being tempted to behavior. That is why when people say when the danger of a harmless fantasy, because it's not harmless, because whatever you flirt with, you're going to fall for. Bible says after desire has conceived, he gives birth to sin and the end result is death, which is the tragic consequences. You're in a dead end. What is death? It's the exact opposite of living. You're free to choose. But you're not free to choose the consequences of your actions, your choices. You're free to choose whatever you think about in life. But you're not free from the consequences of those free choices. And the best time to win the battle is before it happens. Psalm 119, 112 says, I've made up my mind to obey your laws forever, no matter what. Have you made that decision? Have you made up your mind that you're going to obey God's laws no matter what? All right, let's review. I feed my mind with the best thoughts. I feed my mind from destructive thoughts. Those are the first two practical choices. And the third choice I have to make every day is this. I must choose to focus my mind on the right things. There are a lot of things you can focus on that aren't the right things. So what should you focus on? Number one, think about Jesus. You've heard it before. You become what you think about most. 2 Timothy 2.8 says, keep your mind on Jesus Christ. So think about Jesus, you become like him. It's a good thing. Number two, second thing to think about is others. Don't think of just yourself. Philippians 2.4 says, don't just think about your own affairs, but also be interested in others too and what they're doing. Let me ask you this. Would that transform your life? Would all our lives be transformed if we all thought about each other first? Yeah, if you thought about how your kids see it, how your husband or your wife sees it, if you think about how other people see it at work, maybe you wouldn't do it. Hebrews 10, 24 says, let's us think about each other and let us help each other to show love and to do good deeds. So think about Jesus, think about others. And here's a third thing to focus on. Think about eternity. Colossians 3, 2. 
Let heaven fill your thoughts. Do not only think about things down here on earth. The truth is the heavenly minded people do the most good on earth. The problem is, is most Christians are too earthly minded to do any good. You can't be too heavenly minded. The more heavenly minded you are, the more earthly good you'll do. So how serious are you about changing your life, about resetting an area or all of your life? Are you serious enough to start limiting television, to start limiting social media, maybe talk radio or other stuff that fills you up so much that you're not hungry for God's word? Are you serious enough to start reading your Bible every day? Start with Psalms or Proverbs. Just start there. It's great books to start with. Just read a little bit at a time. This is one of those things you know it, but it won't make any difference unless you do it. So each day, feed on the best thoughts. Free your mind from destructive thoughts and focus your mind on what matters most. Well, I hope that gives you some practical steps that you can start to implement this week. And next pod, we'll look at making the hard changes in your life. God bless, and I'll see you in the next pod.